Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr., and today we want to talk about the Lord's fast. The Lord's fast. Now, in the previous message in part one, we talked about religious fasting, and we took it from Isaiah chapter 58, and we talked about what is the heart of the fast, what is the purpose of the fast. And the thing that the children of Israel were doing as it pertained to fasting, their heart was not set on God. It says in verse number four, behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So um, when we fast, we also said that the purpose of a fast is to what? Is to become closer to God, is to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. And for many people who are hearing multiple voices and a lot of confusion, is to silence the desires of the flesh and the soul to hear the voice of God, to hear the voice of the Spirit. So what is the Lord's fast? What is the Lord's fast? Well, let's look at Isaiah chapter 58. And we're going to we're going to start reading from verse number one down to verse four. And then we'll start with this message on what is the Lord's fast. But I want to give you the context first. It says this Isaiah chapter 58, verse one, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Let me pull this Bible right here. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a, as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors behold you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high so of course they believed in in their fasting their voices would be heard on high but god was like no it's not because the heart of why you're doing the fast is wrong it's wrong okay now look at what he says in verse number five it says Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Listen to the words of the Lord. He said, is it it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? That was the question. Then he asked the next question. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, seest the naked, that thou cover him and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Okay. He's asking them a question about the Lord's fast, about his fast. He first says what about his fast? He says that, he says, is it a day for a man to afflict his soul? Okay. 
to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and acceptable death to the Lord? What does he mean by afflicting the soul? What he means by afflicting the soul is to not do your pleasure, to not do your will, to not do your way, to not do the carnal ways, to not do the things that you find pleasure in. That is how we afflict the soul. The, uh, Romans chapter 8 tells us that we're called to mortify the deeds of the body that we may live by the Spirit of God. So we need to afflict our soul. We need to bring our soul. And the purpose of, of maturity is to bring the soul back under the rule of the Spirit of God. So he says what? In the Lord's fast, you're called to what? Afflict your soul, but it also says to spread sackcloth and ashes on him. Anytime we're talking about sackcloth and ashes, we're talking about repentance, humility, looking at transgressions, afflicting our soul, feeling sorry, and repenting for the things that we have done. That is what he's talking about, the sackcloth and ashes, okay? He says, will you call this, will you call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? So in other words, we must afflict our soul, but also we must be what? We must come in humility and we must repent and be able to be shown our transgressions that we can repent, ask for forgiveness and receive the mercy of God. But it also says this, he says, is it not a fast that chosen to what? Loose the bands of wickedness and to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free that ye may break every yoke. Okay, then he tells you what after that to deal bread to the hungry and thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house to thy house. I'm sorry, that are cast out to thy house when thou seest the naked, thou cover him. And okay, so we're talking about doing alms, right? He says doing alms, but what does he tells you to do? He tells you to loose the bands of wickedness. Okay, that's a twofold thing. He says, put on the whole arm of God, but he also tells you to put on Christ. When we put on Christ, we put on the whole arm of God and we do not do the works of darkness. So he talks about what? Loose the bands of wickedness. In other words, when God shows you your transgression, you're called to what? Cast them off. Okay, cast them off. He says, undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free that you may break every yoke. I want to read a particular psalm at this very point. Because I want you to understand that the church has a mandate as it pertains to this portion right here. Right here is very important. Everybody turn to Psalm 82. Psalm 82. Because he tells you, not God, he tells you to do what? Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. Break every yoke. Deal the bread to the hungry. And help the poor. Look what Psalm 82 says. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Okay. Where gods is Elohim. Um, magistrates. The magistrates. We are the magistrates of God. Okay. He said he stands in the congregation of the mighty. So he stands in the midst of us. Okay. And he judges amongst us. He says this. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the person's of the wicked. Selah. Okay. So he tells you what? How long will you judge unjustly? So in other words, the sons of God are called to judge. Eternal judgment 
is an elementary doctrine. And it's what helps us, uh, it helps us to judge not only the good, but also the wicked. It helps us to um, exact the eternal standards um, and live by the eternal standards of God. And where we may miss the mark, judgment brings us back in alignment with God's divine principles. Now, it says this next. This is what he tells you to do. This is what he tells the gods, the magistrates, the church, the body of Christ to do. He says, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. What is justice? To what? Restore the rights of the afflicted and the needy. He tells you to deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. And we know darkness is a picture of ignorance, a lack of knowledge. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. So what does he tell the church to do? What does he tell the children of God to do? He says, defend the poor, the fathers, do justice to the afflicted and the needy, deliver the poor and the needy, rid them out the hand of the wickedness. Go back to Isaiah chapter 58. What does he tell them to do? He tells them what? Loose the bands of wickedness, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. He says what? Deal thy bread to the hungry. That bread to the hungry is not just physical food. The hungry can also be those who are spiritually hungry, who need the word of God, the bread from heaven. And that thou bring the poor that are cast out into the house. Those who are, who are without Holy Spirit, those who, are, who don't have this treasure that's within earthland vessels. What? We bring them in. The Psalm 68 says that God sets the solitary. He sets the lonely in families. He says, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. When you see the nakedness, what? You cover them, what? In mercy. You cover them in love. You cover them in what? Christ. It says, and then thou hide, thy, hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Now, look what happens, he says, if you do this, if you observe the Lord's fast, which is what? To afflict your soul, loose the bands of wickedness, and to help take care of the poor. This is what will happen. He says, then shall thy light break forth, verse number eight, as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then, listen to me, then shall thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shall cry and he shall say, here I am. Remember at the beginning of this, he says, what well, you're doing all these things that your voice may be heard on high. But God says, I don't hear your voice. I don't hear your voice. But then he says, look, if you do, if you afflict your soul, loose the bands of witness, wit, um, wickedness, Undo the heavy burdens, oppress the, um, help the oppressed be free and take care of the poor and the hungry and the needy. He says, I will hear you. I will see your tears. I will let you know I'm there. Verse number nine, it says, if thou take away from the midst of thee, the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. What is um, taking away from the midst of thee, the yoke, holding people, that's what? People in bondage. 
oppressing people. What else? Then putting forth the finger. What's putting forth the finger? Blaming people. Pointing out, blaming people. Okay, that's pointing forth the finger. And then what? And speaking vanity, speaking vain imaginations, speaking things that try to exalt itself, what? Against the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, look at this. It says, if, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noon day. He says, if you draw out your soul to the hungry, he's basically repeating what he said earlier. But he's saying, if you draw out your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness shall be as the noonday. That's a unique statement. Darkness as the noonday. What is it about the noonday? First of all, in the noonday, there are no shadows. What do I mean there's no shadows? When the sun is at its highest point, if you ever stand somewhere and the sun's at its highest point, usually say around 12 noon or so, there's no shadow. There's really no shadow. In other words, what he's saying, what? Your, thy darkness is as the noonday. There is no darkness at the noonday. It will not be seen because your light is so bright. The glory of God is so bright upon you. And it says this, and the Lord shall guide thee. This is, this is so many blessings to those who observe the Lord's fast. He says, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, who waters fail not. So when we talk about waters, we're talking about what? The word of God. He says you shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water. When we talk about a spring of water, at any sudden moment, the word can flow from you. It says whose waters fail not. Jesus, I'm sorry, the Lord said this. He said, my word comes out from my mouth and accomplishes all it's set forth to do, and it will not return to me void. His word will not fail. But that's a word that's abiding in us so that when we fulfill the Lord's fast, he says, you shall be like a water garden, like a spring of water who waters fail not. The words that you speak shall not fail. That's what he said in Psalm 1. He says what? That you shall be like a tree planted beside the rivers of waters whose leaves shall never wither and whatsoever you shall do shall prosper and you shall bring forth fruit in what? Your due season. But those are those who walk in the counsel of the godly, not those who walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, here we go. Let's keep going. Let's look, look at all these blessings to those who observe the Lord's fast. It says, and they that shall be of thee. Let me let me back up because I like to run into this, this verse because I love the way it, it, it's worded. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a water garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Generations, that denotes what? Family. You shall raise up many generations, and thou shalt be called the house of God, the body of Christ. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. What is the repairer? 
What does he mean by the repairer of the breach? Where the enemy has came and divided man from God by you um, uh, afflicting your soul, serving the poor and the needy, and, and rid them out the hands of the wicked by loosing the bonds and breaking the yokes. You are reconciling people back to God. That is what he's saying. You shall be the repairer of the breach because when man is reconciled back to God, the breach that sin produced is null and void. It has been destroyed because the two have become one. All right. Look at this. It says in the restore of paths to dwell in. What are the paths to dwell in? Whenever you see the word paths, it always denotes uh, in the spiritual a lifestyle. And what's the lifestyle that we're called to dwell in? The lifestyle of being a son. The lifestyle of being Christ. To be like Christ. Now watch this. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall thou and shall honor him not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Let me read that one more time, because I'm going to explain this to you, and you need to hear this, because this is not a time to be religious about this, this, this one scripture. He says what? If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thy own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor seeking thy own words. Listen to me. The Sabbath day was Saturday. In the law, it would be Saturday. But the day of the Lord, the Lord of the Sabbath, the Sabbath day for the church is every day. Because in Christ, he gives you Sabbath. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, or I will give you Shabbat, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly, and my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and there you, and, and learn of me, and there you will find Rest for your soul. You will find Shabbat, Sabbath for your soul. So what is he saying? What does he mean from, he says, turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Yes, in the law, the Sabbath would be Saturday, but to the church, the Sabbath day is the day of the Lord. And we are living in the day of the Lord. So every day is the Sabbath day. Why? Because we're called what? To not do our own pleasure, afflict your soul. He says, what else? Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable. Are we not to honor God every day? All right. And shall honor him, not doing thy own ways, mortify the deeds of the body, the carnalized MDD against God nor finding thy own pleasure, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Whose words are we called to speak? 
We're called to speak the words of Christ. I, Jesus said this, I do nothing of myself. I only do what I see my father do. And what I hear from him, I speak. She says what? Present your body as a what? A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. <laughs> so, listen, listen. We're called to experience Sabbath rest now. Because when we walk in Christ, he is the Lord of the Sabbath and he gives us rest. And as we learn of him, our soul finds rest. See, see, when we come to Christ, our spirit automatically gets rest. Why? Because it's one with Holy Spirit. Our soul is not at rest, neither is our flesh. Our soul will come at rest when we learn of Christ and submit our soul our will, our way to the rule of Christ. That's when your soul will find rest. How does your flesh find rest? Your flesh will find rest at the resurrection. Okay. It says this, verse 14. Then shall thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Listen to me. What is he talking about riding the high places of the earth? What are the high places of the earth? Well, the high places of the earth would be mountains. But mountains are also pictures of government. And guess what? It says in Isaiah chapter 2, I believe that what? That in the last days, the house of the Lord shall be established in the mountains and all nations shall flow to them. They will learn of his ways. The law of the Lord shall come from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's what Isaiah chapter two says. Okay. But look what he said. He says, what you, 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 thou shall delight thyself in the Lord. Look at. It's just so many blessings to doing the Lord's fast, but it's not like a, a, a fast as we know it. It's the way we're called to live. We're called to afflict our soul, to bring our soul back under the rule of the spirit. That's what, that's what maturity is all about. Being transformed by the renewing of your mind, submitting what you thought you knew to what God knows and submit yourself to his wisdom, his revelation, and his rule over your life. That's why Paul would say, I considered everything lost for the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything Paul was, everything he thought he knew, he gave it all up for God. If we want to be led continually by the Lord, Delight, have our souls satisfied, even in a drought, even in a physical drought. He says, your soul will be satisfied. He says, I will make your make fat thy bones. That means they'll be strengthened. And then what else? I, you shall be like a watered garden, a spring of water whose waters never fail. When you speak things and you speak the dictates of the throne, when you speak what the Lord says, it says it will not fail. It will not fail. So that's why we got to really come back to the heart of understanding 
Why are we called to fast? I understand everybody's doing all types of fast. There's the fast of Lent, right? There's also the fast of um, the, the Daniel's fast that's in there. All types of fast that people do. But we rarely hear about the Lord's fast. Well, this is the Lord's fast. Isaiah chapter 58. We're called to do this fast every day. And when we do that, we make what? We say that we will make the Sabbath day honorable and holy unto the Lord. That's not meant to be just some, some, I'm supposed to be good on Sunday or Saturday and the rest of the day I can act like a child of hell. No. Because it says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. No, we're called to be honorable and holy before the Lord every day. Every day. Because the Sabbath day is the day of the Lord. And if you're in Christ, you're living in the day of the Lord. So I urge each and every one of you, please go back and look at Isaiah chapter 58. Read it. The dictates of the church and how we're called to fast for the Lord is right here. Above all the other fasts that you do, make sure it has a purpose. Make sure the, the, the heart of it is you getting closer to God, you strengthening your relationship with the Lord. Because the children of Israel were, were fasting, but for strife and for debate. He said, so you think that your voice is heard on high? He says, oh no, you must afflict your soul. You must what? Loose the bands of wickedness. You must feed the needy, help the needy, help those who are naked. Fit the, lend out yourself to the poor. Stop pointing your finger at each other. What else? Take the, the yoke off of people. He says, what? Stop speaking vain things. And then what? I will what? Guide you continually. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if we're sons, we're called to be led continually. So I love each and every one of you. I pray that these two messages have been a blessing to you. I pray as you're entering into whatever season it is or whatever fast you do, you do not make it a superficial fast. But most of all, make it a fast of purpose, a fast that helps you understand or desires for you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So this is the Lord's fast, Isaiah chapter 58. Go back and read and study it and may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.